lines. We are back. Vault lines at Nixon Stranahan, 105.5 FM AM 1390 in Washington, D.C. Also all over the damn Internet. This is the best morning news show in America. I got to say it really is, Garland. Everybody else is going to give you the usual stupid stuff. We give you the unusual stupid stuff. And also great guests like Danny Max. You know, we're talking uh, in the break, Garland and I. And I've asked this of a number of guests, and I, I say it to people. I, I, I used to live in California, and I, I, I love California. I'm one of those people who I, 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 I idolize California it's in a, a sort fun, of romantic it's, way. And it's fun, and it's pretty, and it's you know warm. I mean? It's a great, cool place. It's cool. I made a decision when I was 17 years old. I'd live there on and off because my, my dad's from there, and we'd live there on and off. And when I was 17, I remember I was sitting at, at the, the house I was living at where I was going to a private school. And, Chappaqua, New York, actually. I'm sitting on the stairs. I'm like, what am I going to do with my life? I'm like, I am going to move to California the day I turn 18. And I just had it in my head. That's what I'm going to do. And I did it and I lived in my car out there. And because, you know, you're 18, 19, you can do that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You're a guy. You can do yeah. that. And I had a kind of Mustang. I had my 68 Mustang. Oh, that's cool. I moved to California and I had a 68 Mustang, Garland. Life was good yeah. until it threw a rod. But, <laughs> I have this romantic image of California, and every time I ask somebody about it, I keep hoping they will say Uh-oh. to me, yeah, you know, Fox, it's overblown, uh-uh. man. No, 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 it's not, it's not that bad. Uh-uh. Yeah, they're making it out to be. And every time we, I've asked Dr. Bill, yep. so it's not a political bias. No, it's bad. It's not somebody who wants to say, yeah, the socialists have ruined California, which a lot of people on the right like to talk about. They talk about that. But you know what? Maybe they're right. Something's ruining California. And and the situation that's being described out there, I'll tell you what. Here's a hint: the Russians didn't cause that. Yeah. But the the cost Russians of housing, did not cause you, the cost of housing is insane. And 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 and, when, and if you look at uh, Frisco, I was at, I was out there recently. Like a, a few people even buy a house on their own. They buy a house and they have like the bottom half of it rent, uh, set up to rent out because you got to rent it out in order to be able to for, to afford to pay. And the, and the immigration crisis is not helping. The immigration crisis has flooded California with uh, it, 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 it. That's part of why I let it just became unlivable. Every place you'd go, like you'd go to Costco and it was just so crowded. It was just so forget anything else. The length of the lines was just like ridiculous every time. And you just be like, I can't live here anymore. Well, we you could always move to Greece. <laughs> that's my that, that, that's my segue. We now have with us Dr. Well, Michael De- Neverdakis. He's a host. He's the host of Dialogos Radio. He's the editor of the Hellenic Insider, and he's got a PhD in media studies from the University of Texas. Uh, they, they they just had a Greek election here a few days back. Good morning, Dr. Neverdakis, and welcome to Fault Lines. Hey guys, good morning. Glad to be back on the best radio morning show in America. Thank you. Thank you. Now, I've said I think that the um, the Greek people, in my opinion, are like out of the out of the frying pan into the fire. They've got Cyprus certainly, you know, had his issues. Not that I'm a fan of either of, 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 of anybody. I'm not Greek. But I also I personally feel as though the government that they put in, not that they had a lot of options, is conservative like oligarch kind of government that they're 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 like kind of like the ultimate globalist in now. But so what are your thoughts? Am I off? I didn't see a good option for them, but maybe you see things differently. What do you think about the selection that the Greek people have made in the latest election? Oh no, I think your assessment is very accurate. Uh the the new 
government that uh, won the elections and has come in, uh, new democracy. They're essentially described as the center-right government. Um, I would actually say that their voters are more conservative politically and ideologically than the actual personnel of the new government and of that political party. They're uh, globalists to the bone, uh, neoliberal, and, and really, in essence, on a lot of the key issues, whether it is privatization, the economy, um, the influx of uh, immigrants and migration into Greece, open borders, they're really not much different at all from the outgoing, uh, supposedly radical left-wing government of Syriza and Alexis Tsipras. You know, this new government might pay some lip service to lowering taxes. Uh, they use a lot of rhetoric like that in their uh, pre-election campaign. They did not say much about Greece's national uh, geopolitical issues, uh, even though many of their voters voted for them just to throw out Syriza, which was seen as having sold out Greece on, uh, on that front. You know, the Macedonia issue is uh, example number one, case study number one um, on that front. But uh, Ultimately, what I think is, well, no, wait, so, but let me stop you there for one second. So I just, for people who may not be familiar with that issue, there was a, uh, a dispute between the country that was calling itself Macedonia and the country of Greece. And, and the dispute was over the, using the name Macedonia, basically. As I, I'm just, just trying to lay this out for people who might not right. uh, know this. And if I get anything wrong, feel free to correct me. But basically the, 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 Greeks felt strongly that it should not be called Macedonia because they feel that's got a specific heritage and, and you know, basis that that country, that piece of land did not, could not lay claim to. And the people in the country calling itself Macedonia obviously felt differently. And the compromise was raised, and I, what's it called? Like the Republic of North Macedonia or something now? Is that correct? Yes. Yeah. So, so, and, and you're saying that that, compromise was not well received that was made by the uh and the 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 guy who just got Cyprus, the Cyprus, guy just whatever. lost right was not well received by the greek people they viewed that as a uh, they they were not happy with that compromise you're saying uh no it was not well received uh every public opinion poll that has been conducted has shown very large majorities against that agreement because it's not even that the country, Greece's neighbor, is not calling itself North Macedonia, that there's a geographical qualifier in the name. It's that the name Macedonia is being used at all in any context. Uh, and it's not just the name also, but what everything else that the, uh, the agreement between the two countries includes. Uh, a Macedonian ethnicity is uh, recognized, for instance, uh, Macedonian nationality. And uh, all of this was met with uh, very tremendous opposition. There were very big uh, demonstrations in Greece uh, following the, uh, the agreement that was made between the two countries. And certainly it's one of the factors that hurt the outgoing cities of government. But it did not, in, in terms of percentages in elections, it did not hurt them as much as people probably thought it would. Because, uh, as was mentioned at the uh, opening of the interview, Greece just didn't really have many uh, what they considered to be viable choices in these elections. There's no real, some might call them populist or some might call them right-wing, but there really wasn't any sort of 
patriotic, for lack of a better word, choice in these elections. And in fact, compared to the European parliamentary elections, which were in late May, in those elections, there were 40 parties running, and in the national parliamentary elections, which were this past Sunday, there were only about 20 parties running, so half the number of parties. Uh, a lot of those parties that dropped out were these newly and hastily created so-called patriotic parties, and together, combined, all of those parties got a double-figure percentage in over 10%, then all of the parties that didn't enter the European Parliament combined have 20% of the vote. Uh, with those parties dropping out in the parliamentary, the Greek parliamentary elections this past Sunday, a lot of those votes went by default either to the party that won the democracy as sort of a lesser evil, uh, or the party that was in government until last week, Syriza, as um, for people that of a left-wing persuasion as, again, the lesser evil. So it turned into a lesser evil vote, that's my estimation. And there was also very high, um, a very high level of uh, non-voting, essentially. I believe it's the highest in national elections in Greece since democracy was restored in 1974. So really, if you look at the numbers, the number one party in Greece was abstention, those that uh, didn't vote for anyone. That, that's very, yeah, that's very interesting. John Kiriakou was on uh, the other day, and he mentioned that as well. Now, let me, I want to tie this into world events uh, writ large, but before I do, Garland, it's not often that I get to uh, resolve an international dispute live on the air, but I, I get to do that. Dr. Nevidakis, I'm sure you'll be happy. I can clear up this whole Greece-Macedonia uh, issue right now, and it, it won't even require a little change to the map, Garland. They've, they've come up with this North Macedonia compromise. It's a little change, but it's not a, a major change. Uh, I'm going to suggest that we can make everybody happy by changing the name to not Macedonia. So they still get the term Macedonia in right. there. But... but then you go, no, nah, you're not Macedonia. And then all you do is you remove the R and the H from North. Yeah, it's North Macedonia. There we go. You, pull, you just erase those letters on all the maps. And then you, you got not Macedonian. And, and they don't even happy. have to get rid of like all of their like pamphlets and stuff like that. They can just cross a little bit of it out. That's right. I, I don't know why I don't go into diplomacy or printing. I think I'm, I'm figuring it out. Right one, now. one of those. So, but, 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 but Dr. Neverdockers, let's let's tie this in, though. I actually saw an interesting article the other day, Garland. I think it was the Washington Post, but I could be wrong. But it was talking about how. Uh, and I'm going to tell you what it said, but then what the sub headline said, it said like the death of the left in Europe. But when you read the subheadline, what they meant was, and this seems to be what happened uh, in Greece, Dr. Neverdakis. Again, I'm not familiar enough with the politics to know if this is an accurate analogy, but it seems like it is. Like the guy who, who just got defeated was essentially sort of a, what, what George Galloway might call a Blairite. Right. Or what you, Garland, might call a sort of Clintonian neoliberal neoliberal. Right. Like these. So what they were saying was the left was really largely the neoliberals that have been in power in most of Europe. And it hasn't worked. And like you saw in Brazil, where what and, and Glenn Greenwald, not a fan of Bolsonaro at all, not a fan at all. But he pointed out, look, when you have these failures. Of the supposed left. 
don't be surprised when the pendulum swings the other way and people go, well, I guess we'll give the right a try. Right. I guess we're going to give somebody in the right a try because we gave the left a shot. And again, you can argue whether whether a Blairite left is really the left, but I'm saying that they call themselves the left. Right. I mean, Blair I, I, said look, he was this, the Labor Party. I think this guy, well, let me ask you this, uh, Dr. Neverdockers. I think this guy is a perfect example because Cyprus ran or Cyprus, whatever it is, he ran as the true left. He ran as a socialist, democratic socialist, whatever you, he ran as a hardcore left. And the immediate instant he got in, he turned into a neoliberal and he and he all and the things that he railed against, he completely did a 180 on. So I think he's a kind of a perfect example of what Lee was talking about, of the person who claims to be the true left. And then they 180 on everything. So what are your thoughts on the, our our rantings about that, uh, Dr. Neverdakis? I absolutely agree. And I think that's a very good analogy uh, comparing CPES to, let's say, the Blairite so-called left, or the Clintonite so-called left. Uh, the name of the party, CDs, it's an acronym, and part of that acronym stands for Radical Left. And they campaigned prior to 2015 on this supposedly radical platform of standing up to the European Union and IMF and taking back control from the bankers and the oligarchs and restoring salaries and the minimum wage to pre-crisis levels and all of these wonderful pie-in-the-sky things, even though they were very careful not to take a position, for instance, in favor of Brexit. And that was, for a few people back then, but not many, a red flag that maybe these guys are going to do that 180. And that's what ended up happening. They held that referendum in July of 2015. 62% of Greeks voted no. Uh, to austerity, austerity was <laughs> a third memorandum agreement with the priest credit, creditors, which rammed through by the cities of government anyway. But even before that, they had already uh, agreed with uh, the European Union to continue the previous austerity agreement. They had put forward more privatization. So they privatized most of Greece's airports. They privatized the railroad. They privatized the two largest ports. They did things that the previous neoliberal governments didn't dare to do. And therefore, it's no surprise that even though the government won SNAP elections in September of 2015, with, uh, again, with a very high abstention level and people still in shock over what happened with the referendum, pretty much ever since then, media has been behind in the polls and never really recovered. And again, the only reason they even got 31% on Sunday uh, was just due to the fact that there was this total collapse of the smaller parties. Half of them didn't participate in these elections. And some of the smaller left-wing parties that did participate got very, very small percentages. The only exception, and here's someone else that we can put into the category of the Blairite or Clintonite left, is Yanis Varoufakis. His new party got into parliament with, with uh, I believe, nine or ten seats. And um, he was the finance minister in the first cities of government in 2015. Um, and he's another globalist Europeanist. Uh, he is supposedly critical of Syriza, but um, when push comes to shove, he's not much different either. Now, let me just ask you this, Dr. Neverdock, because I'm, I'm very curious about this uh, on a personal basis, Garland, which is uh, you're in Europe. There was just an election. Has anyone spotted Steve Bannon anywhere around Greece? I'm just asking because he seems 
You notice that Garland? He seems to show up. You know what I'm saying? Whenever there's like a controversial if election a European, or some kind of political If there's a European uproar. election, has Bannon been, you know, at the Acropolis or anything? Like, is there any, uh, uh, is, is he spilling pita bread on his shirt? Anything like that with uh, with Bannon around there? <laughs> well, uh, as far as I know, there haven't been any Bannon fighting. Okay, good. And recently. Phew. <laughs> One of the things I it wouldn't. It wouldn't surprise, would it, if he'd said, oh yeah, oh yeah, Bannon was everywhere. It wouldn't shock you. It's like, okay, yeah. Because he's, you know where he's like, in, do you know what Bannon set up? By the way, this is a true story. He has set up a school for populist candidates at a castle in Italy. Go ahead. Just picture the irony. I was getting ready to say that it just seems right? like the two it's things don't to. go together. But anyway. Let me ask you this. Of course, we're on Sputnik Radio here. So certainly Cyprus, in my opinion, Cyprus, whatever his name was, um, he, um, it, it it appeared to me that he kind of played the Russian government, at, you know, the, the, his Russian the, their 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 uh, relationship, Greeks' re- relationship with Russia, kind of like as a as a as a hook for the EU. Like he pretended as though he was going to get better relationships with Russia, just because he knew it would it would upset the EU and maybe give him a little bit better of a bargain. Are you implying chip. he was flirting around? Basically, is that what you're kind of getting at? Right? Exactly. Yeah. That's, yeah. I he was making him jealous. I know. You're just come out and say it. But the Russians knew it. He was it. showing a little leg to Russia. That's exactly that's exactly what he was doing. A smile and a wink. And but the Russians apparently figured it out pretty good. But and, he didn't take and, the ring off. That's exactly. what you're saying. Okay. And they, apparently they didn't they didn't forgive him. Um what do you, how do you think that this the new government, well, how does this pretend for towards I I would think that they're one hundred million percent EU so that it wouldn't necessarily be good, but could it really be worse than Cyprus's relationship with the Russians? What are your thoughts about the new government, Greek's relationship with Russia and how that how this affects it? Uh, I'm not sure it really will be worse. Uh, I think, as you mentioned, Cyprus paid some lip service uh, to, you know, pretending to maintain somewhat better relations with Russia compared to the other European countries. But in the end, the policy really wasn't much different than uh, any of the other EU countries. In fact, the Cyprus government was quite local about saying that the major demonstrations that took place against the Macedonia name deal were financed by Russia and by unnamed Russians. So the Russian bogeyman uh, was very much used when when convenient by the previous government. So as for the new government, I think they will just be more overtly pro-EU and pro-American. But in reality, in terms of actual policy and their positions and the way that they will approach uh different issues, they're not going to be much different. Well, uh, we're just about out of time. Uh, Where can people go online to find your stuff? Uh, They can go to dialogosmedia.org, D-I-A-L-O-G-O-S media.org. Dialogosmedia.org. Dr. Michael Neverdakis, he is the host of Dialogos Radio. We'll be right back. We got two more hours. You're listening to Fault Lines with Nixon and Stranahan. (laughs) 